Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Second hour here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you, Jesse as well, until 11 a.m. We just spent the entirety of the first hour talking about the Blazers in the first 12 hours of NBA free agency. If you want to listen, it'll be on the Les Schwab Tire podcast at the end of the show that'll be posted on 1080thefan.com and on the radio.com app. Uh, that is our new app, by the way. Not 1080thefan app, it is radio.com. And then you can find our station on there. Uh, that'll be where the podcast will be. We'll also be tweeted out at 1080thefan on Twitter if you'd like to listen to that. Uh, keep texting your thoughts to the fan text line at 55305 about the Blazers and uh, what potentially could be the quote-unquote better move that we all expect is the only logical explanation for letting a Davis walk. Keep those thoughts coming in. But uh, this hour, we have a guest coming up next segment, actually, seven minutes away. Lamar Winston Sr. joins mm-hmm. the show, father of Lamar Jr., linebacker at Oregon, and Elijah Winston, who just went to USC. Both played a Central Catholic. Um, so we'll talk to him next. And uh, we got Hater to Love It at 1030. And uh, maybe my Shanghai uh, Tunnel Stories at 1045 from uh, my little tour that we did there yesterday. But I do want to get to briefly... The rest of the NBA notes from yesterday. You heard it in Jesse's update the last couple. Paul George staying in Oklahoma City on a four-year deal, max money with a player option after three years. Many surprising things about this. A, the fact that he stayed in Oklahoma City is surprising. Um, B, the fact that he took four years and not two is surprising. And the fact that his player options after three years is surprising. So, and the Thunder now have an $170 million tax bill, which is just insane. The fact, I saw this on Twitter yesterday and I agreed with it. The fact that now for Westbrook and Paul George, they're willing to commit this much money. But when they had Durant, Westbrook and James Harden, they were like, nah, we're going to, we're going to trade Harden because we can't, we can't afford to pay. They're overcompensating now. Yeah. Now they're overcompensating for it. I don't, this is crazy to me. It's crazy that he stayed in Oklahoma city to me. And in some senses, it proves that if you're a mid-market team that has a potentially crappy city that NBA players don't want to live to, <clears throat> Portland, go make a trade for a player like this because maybe, just maybe, 
they'll decide to stay. Paul George is the exact guy. Now, didn't we hear rumors last year that Kevin Pritchard just refused to talk to the Blazers about Paul George because he hated the Blazers so much? Yes. Yeah, they had the best trade offer probably of everybody in the NBA. So, you know, that that's a little another knife twist in the gut in a, in a day of knife, knife twist for Blazer fans. But, you know, may, may, it's funny. Maybe he would have stayed in Portland if he had actually been traded here. Also, they would have been a lot better if he had been traded here. But um, to me, it's it's interesting that he would stay in Oklahoma City when he was born in the L.A. area. He has said that he would go. He was going to go to the Lakers. That's what he said to the to the Pacers, and then he chooses not to, because of I guess Russell Westbrook, because of a good relationship he has with Sam Presti and the rest of the the Thunder staff. I don't know, but it surprised me. Maybe maybe he really didn't want to go to the Lakers at all. Maybe he was just saying that so he couldn't didn't have to be in Indiana anymore. Um, there, there is a chance he was just kind of just kind of all wore thin to him. You know, Larry Bird and the whole. Uh, you know, uh, Pritchard thing. Maybe he just didn't want to be there anymore. So I say, I want to go to L.A. If I tell you I don't want to be here and I'm definitely going to sign there, then you're going to trade me somewhere else. And he got traded to where two of his homeboys are. And he's, I'm not going to say flourishing there because he. I, I think he had an okay season last year. But I think this year will really be the year that he kind of takes the reins and says, no, I'm the, I'm the guy on this team. I think Westbrook has done a, a great job of being really dominating the ball clearly but i think paul george if, if he's really re-signing here they've had some conversation about okay this is how things need to work i i don't doubt that that conversation happened what's interesting to me is i mean the thunder were good but not that good last year and does this does this change anything are they better now or are they just going to be a, a, a middling team because they're a, a combination of parts that sort of works but sort of doesn't because they've mellow opted in so it's going to be paul george russell westbrook and mellow again does this really change anything i mean i think it might i, I think now that they kind of know what works and what doesn't um they saw westbrook kind of uh kind of dominating the ball last year and uh now they get a chance to you know, maybe make some changes, some subtle changes to some things that didn't work. Of course, they only won one more game than Westbrook won the the year prior. So they know that there's definitely room for improvement. They know that none of them played as well as they were supposed to last year. Um, Westbrook averaged a triple-double for the second season, and he made, was he even 13 NBA? I don't think he was first, second, or 13. Ooh, I don't know. I can't remember, you know, at this point. so He disappeared a couple times in the playoffs, if you remember. Westbrook? Oh, or, no, I was talking about Paul George. Oh, but. Paul George. I mean, I, I think that happens when you have a guy that just dribble, 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 dribbles and doesn't look up, you know, until he's already at the rim to kind of pass it off to someone. So that's Westbrook's entire game. And took the ball out of his hands and made Melo just a, a spot-up shooter. You know, it just – these aren't what – that's not what those guys are. And I think they all changed their game to play with Westbrook. I think Westbrook has – as the point guard, as the leader, he's going to have to change his game to make sure that those guys get what they're supposed to get. The other thing is LeBron is in his decision cave, as they're calling it, which is silly. Um, he He's a weirdo, man. Like, he is a really weird beyond guy. Silly. Jeez, man. Like, he's just a weird cat, man. Like, well, wouldn't you be if since you were 14, the entire media of the NBA was following you? I mean, wouldn't you, that make you a weird dude? Uh, I mean, you, you he kind of bought that on himself, man. You let Windhorse follow you around, do all this stuff. Not at 14. Man, Windhorse has been following that dude since he was 
14, 15 years old, man. He knew he'd get famous. And that's that's kind of the climate that he's always been. And so at this point, I don't think it bothers him as much. I think the the extra cameras to him are just like just gnats, they're you know, gnats around. Like, uh, I mean, I don't even notice him in the just summer. They're just, they're just there. They're always in his face. You go to dinner and someone's just recording you at dinner or at a club and you're dancing. That's just your life right now. So I don't think it bothers him like that. But still, you're just you have a you have a decision cave. You have a you know. Well, he's so he, not really, but I mean, he he's, called he's a weirdo. He called the Cavs at midnight. Apparently, like when it started, he called the Cavs. He had a meeting with the Lakers. He is sending his reps to meet with the Sixers, but he's not going himself, which is a bad sign. And the Nuggets are really interested in him. That's the LeBron news so far. We also heard the rumor that LeBron wouldn't sign until a big free agent signed first. So I guess that counts. Paul George. Stayed. He said he'd be signing on the third. He'd make a decision by the third. That's, That's what he what said. I've heard. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me is it seems like the Lakers are a less and less likely chance to, or option for him unless they get Kawhi because they didn't get Paul George. And if they don't get Kawhi, the reports are saying that the talks between the, the Spurs and the Lakers have stalled and they don't need to trade him to the Lakers. They, you know, the Lakers just want him because they want yeah. LeBron. Um, well, they want both of them, but you know what I mean? I I don't know now where LeBron is going. I thought it, I was certain he was going to the Lakers, but now there's a, a big question in my mind of, I don't know, maybe he doesn't go there. Well, Kobe, Kobe, what's Kobe? What's his last name? The the GM from the... Oh, the, Altman? Uh, yeah, Kobe Altman. Um, I was like, Bryant? Yeah, like, well, not that guy. Yeah, Kobe. <laughs> not that guy. Uh, yeah. Not your favorite player yeah, of all not, time. Not that dude. Yeah, don't, don't confuse the two. But uh, he sent LeBron a you up text at 12.01, the minute, you know, the free agency started. He hit LeBron with the what you doing text, you out right now, trying to see what, you know, trying to gauge him and see what his, what his head was looking like. I don't think LeBron going to or sending his people to go meet with the Sixers is the best sign. You know, this isn't – this is just go, man, this is me telling you go over there and see if she likes me. Go see if she's cute and then come back. Or go see if she thinks I'm cute. And then come back and tell me, you know, like he, I don't know if whether he's just, no, I'm not going to say afraid to go there. Cause I don't think that's the case, but I just don't, if I'm going to meet with you to take a job, I want to hear what you have to say to me. I don't want you to sell my people. My people aren't playing. Sell me and let me know why I need to come play for you. And the fact that he's not even attending the meeting and it's 2018, he can use go to meeting. He can use, you know, they can, they can, can Skype him in. they can FaceTime him in. So he doesn't have to physically be in the meeting, but the fact that he's, sending his reps to meet instead. That doesn't bode well, in my opinion, for Philadelphia. All right, we got a break because we got a guest coming up next. Lamar Winston Sr. joins the show on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Lots of NBA so far in the show here on Sports Sunday as free agency opened up last night at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Blazers are messing up so far, according to most Blazer fans. <sighs> That's the Blazer thing to do. I know. Welcome to welcome to life being a Blazer fan. But we'll take a break from that at the moment to bring on a guest. His name is Lamar Winston Sr. He is the father of both Lamar Winston Jr. and Elijah Winston, who are now Oregon and USC football players and both played at Central Catholic. How's it going, Lamar? Lamar, you there? Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? All right. Yeah, man. What you got? What's up, man? What's up, man? What you got going, bro? 
Man, basketball. Basketball. Yeah. You, you yeah. said you was basketball. in basketball. You said you was in uh, on the road to Seattle. What you got going? No, Salem. Salem. And, uh, okay. They had a big junior NBA tournament um, in Salem. That was that's amazing that the NBA put on and invited our program to. And they got the kids got to listen to a couple of NBA ex NBA players uh, give a speech. They got to play against some top notch. Uh, Competition from Seattle, uh, Alaska, California, Salem, Portland. So I was at the uh, Embassy Suites last night, and I actually saw a couple of the teams at the um, at the hotel up there. So I didn't I didn't even realize there was a tournament this one. How's how'd your team do so far? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We're two and two, uh, so we're fifty fifty. Got one last game today at twelve forty five. So it's not we're not doing too bad. Who were some of the NBA players who uh, who talked to the kids? Um, they just brought in Brian Grant. Brian Lost Grant, they brought him there in. There you go. And, uh, Portland legend, Brian Grant. <laughs> yeah. So That was real good. So being the dad of, of both Lamar and Elijah, two guys who got recruited in the Pac-12, top player, Central Catholic, I guess one of my big questions is, what's it like being the dad of two football recruits and having to manage all the coaches and the calls and the mail and the texts? Like what, what was your process to manage that for both Lamar and Elijah and, and how did it change over the course of two years? Well, it really was, I mean, to be honest, I mean, as much as I work, their mom had to manage all of the coaches. <laughs> I didn't have to manage all of the coaches. I'm more hands-on with the kids with my sons, getting them to where they need to be at to get to that level. Um, whether it's practice, weight room, uh, you know, those things. But a lot of the, a lot of the coaches had to, they had to, had to talk to their mom because I, I work a lot. Like I work uh, a whole lot. You know, my main focus is just getting them there and making sure that they're ready when they go. The whole organization, I mean, uh, you know, administration piece, I let that mom deal with because it, it becomes a lot. It becomes a lot of calls and, you know, recruitment and offers and all of those things. It'd be, it's a lot to deal with. When um, w- when Lamar initially told you that, hey, Dad, I think I'm going to go to U of O, and I know he had schools like Stanford, USC, and UCLA on the table. Was there ever a moment for you to be like, nah, you're going to one of these more so upper echelon schools, or did you say, man, do what's best for you? And uh, Lamar, Lamar knew that was his dream school. So Lamar wanted to go to, to Oregon. You know, everybody else was, I mean, it was amazing names and Oregon is an amazing name as well, but he wanted to go there. I mean, as you know, Lamar, he, he didn't go to any visits. He woke up and said, I'm going to Oregon. Wow. You know, and and he committed. Was it the jerseys for him? Was it the like what? What was the what was the selling point to say, man? I'm gonna pass up California and go to U of O. And I just really think that he's an Oregon kid. Like he was, he's he's Oregon raised. He, you know, he watched a lot of the players from Oregon, and he he wanted that. You know, your dream school when you get a chance to go to your dream school, it's just a little bit different. No matter what the, the schools look like, everything becomes a blur when you get a chance to go to your dream school and, you know, they're offering you a scholarship they're about an hour and a half, almost two hours away. So for Elijah, 
Did he choose USC because Lamar went to Oregon and he wanted to go to a, a competing rival school? Or was there something about USC that's, that stuck with him more than Oregon did for uh, Lamar? Well, it was all of, for Elijah, it was all about his decision-making was based upon his major. You know, he wanted an education. And, you know, with USC being a private school, uh, it, it, it just, he was more intrigued with that. And he, I mean, his his last two was USC and Oregon, and uh, you know he picked USC. And he, de- which, I mean, he decommitted from Oregon day. too, right? Huh? He decommitted from Oregon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He decommitted, and he decommitted, and uh, you know, just had some different decisions that he wanted to make, and he wanted to he wanted to take visits. He wanted to do the things his brother didn't do to make sure he picked the right school. He didn't just want to, you know, go because his brother was there. So who, uh, who are you going to root for? So USC plays Oregon. I don't think they played each other this year, but I mean, you can't not root for <laughs> your son. So who's, whose colors are you going to wear that game? Well, hopefully they probably won't play each other until it's just Elijah left in college. Lamar, <laughs> Lamar, you know, but I'm wearing both of them. I'm wearing a hat and I'm wearing the shirt. And one is going to be USC. When Come on, man. Who do you love more? You got to tell us, man. Who do you love more? You got to pick. A, you got to pick a color, bro. You got to pick a team. <laughs> oh, man, I'm fifty fifty, man. Ain't no, it ain't no half. It's fifty fifty. I don't have a choice. You're gonna have to I wear can't. one of those combo jerseys that splits in half down the middle, and the one side exactly. is Oregon and the one side's USC. <laughs> exactly. So you've exactly. got a you've got a, a tournament coming up that you uh, wanted to talk about the Rose City Showdown. Tell our listeners uh, what that's about and uh, where they can find some information about that. And the Rose City Showdown is a uh, it's the second annual uh, Rose City Showdown. And me and Michael Lee of the Golden State Warriors uh, D League, uh, we put on. This is the second year that it's uh, happening. It's a basketball tournament, AAU basketball tournament that we put on each year. And we have fifth grade through eighth grade. It's a city tournament that I do. Um, I do a couple city tournaments. And we just invite everybody to come play, try to get the community together. I mean, we cook. We have a DJ. It's, it's a huge showcase for the youth in the community. And you know, we just have a real good time. Um, doesn't cost a lot of money. And it's just community-based. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Lamar, for uh, for promoting that and hopping on with us. And uh, good luck to both your sons in the Pac-12. And uh, have fun at the Rose City Showdown. Man, thank you. Right on, fam. There we go, Lamar Winston Senior. That's it. I, it's always it always fascinates me about the actual recruiting aspect for I'm the guy s- for the guys in the Pac-12, especially especially when you have two sons who both get recruitment offers or. Uh, uh, scholarship offers, excuse me, from really, really good Pac-12 schools, how it's different. Yeah. It's also funny that the mom did most of it because he's no, working all the time. That kind of <laughs> makes sense, too, especially because, you know, mom is always going to be concerned with, well, I just want to make sure the education is good. And I just want to make sure he's got classes and tutors. And dad is, you know, rich man, hey, man I just want him to go to college. I, I just want him to to do well and do all that stuff. So um, I, I know mom, I, I know dad, man, both, man, really good, really good people, man. And I'm gonna say the kids get the athletic prowess from from mom. Like, I mean, dad can play. Don't get me wrong, Lamar. We played football together when I was a freshman in high school. Um, he was a senior, and uh, he was he was the star running back uh, for Jefferson at that point. But 
I think these kids definitely get there. That Aww. we should yeah. ask him about that. I didn't oh, know that. No, yeah, he was he was he was pretty good. Now, mind you, the team itself wasn't great. You know, not that year, but uh, a young Aaron Miles, who's the uh, Big 12 second all-time leading assist uh, guy and leader in steals, I believe, was the quarterback our freshman year. Um, so yeah, we struggled just a little bit, but he was actually better at basketball. Very, very good. Oh, Aaron was Aaron better was basketball. Amazing. But football. he spoke of Michael Lee, who was also on that team. Michael Lee, for those who don't know, Portland native, went to Kansas, uh, actually an assistant coach for the world champion Golden State Warriors. You know, for he's actually an assistant on their uh, G League team. Okay. Is that what it's called now? The that Gatorade is what it's called, League? the Gatorade League. Yeah. So, man, he that's one his- thing that I do like about this city that I've noticed since I've lived here, especially in the youth sports. And this is mostly from you because you work in that realm. is a lot of the guys who have played in the pros who are from here do come back and give back to the community. A lot of the guys do, not everybody, but a lot of them do. And a lot of the players who are on the Blazers who are not from here sometimes come back and still help the community. Absolutely. Zach Randolph's a guy like that who has always been involved in, in the Portland youth sports scene. And uh, I mean, I know Damian Lillard is involved in some ways since, since he's been here and, and other players are too. It seems like it's a good, a good place to be absolutely if you want to come back and help and can i say this man you mentioned zach randolph man i know he got a bad rap when he was here for whatever reason that is one of the most selfless and nicest dudes that you will ever meet is he a goon man absolutely does he have a team full of goons absolutely he does but zach randolph is one of the most caring dudes i've ever met there's one time he dropped off like 200 bikes to our organization just because and we're like oh man do you want to do like a press release or anything he's like oh no i just Y'all can have them. Like, I don't really want to do any press. I'll come in and play with the kids. Dwight Howard, another dude who just comes, and he, when he came, he came to um, the the organization I work with, and he just hung out with kids, hung out and played one-on-one and shot with them and talked to them. And, you know, again, in the media, terrible rap, but, you know, one-on-one with with kids and families. Man, some of these dudes are awesome, awesome people, man. Now, they're not all jerks and a-holes. All right, coming up next, it's time for Hater to Love It. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Here's Jesse. With Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So I remember, I know for a fact that last week I won. Yes. So Rashad gets to answer first. This is hate it or love it. For those who have not listened before, Jesse will ask us a question and then he will award us points based on our answer. Kind of a uh, around the horn style situation. And uh, the winner gets to host the last segment. But much cooler than around the horn. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Definitely. Definitely cooler. De- definitely cooler. Don't worry. Don't don't test it. Just cooler. Believe us. Yeah. Oh, well, here, here we go. Just let's start it off. Yeah. Um, so. Let's start off with the one NFL question that I have. Uh, everything else is NBA-related. There is a lot of NBA news. Yeah, that, it is kind of the um, topic of the town right now. So we'll start, like I said, in the NFL. Uh, something I've been thinking about since I went to Vegas, I was looking at all the odds. Uh, uh, they were talking about this, actually, on primetime this week. Yeah. Um, and I like to, when when I'm betting on future NFL bets, I typically don't look at bets that 
um, are below 15 to 1 odds. So I want odds that are going to pay off. Right. Um, that's kind of the fun with future bets is trying to find that that one that's really undervalued. Exactly. So right now, if you're looking for a really good future NFL bet for like we're winning the Super Bowl, uh, my top two in the NFC, number one is the Rams, 20 to 1. Now, give me that all day that's long. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just that, that team's going to be filthy, filthy good. Mm-hmm. Second, um, the New Orleans Saints, they were at 16 to 1. Another team that defense is probably the best Drew Brees has ever had last year. Uh, that offense is just getting better. I think the, the biggest question mark is you lose Alvin Kamara for four, day, for four games, and that's going to be in the beginning of the season. So, um, with that said, those are kind of like the future bets that I like. But the, the one I wouldn't touch was the favorite to win the Super Bowl this coming year, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles at 8 to 1. We all know how hard it is to repeat in this in the, the NFL. It just doesn't happen very often. How many times has the New England Patriots done it? Like once in once, the Dom era? Yeah. yeah. It's just not something that happens very often. So with that said, um, although Philly will still be a very prolific offense, you will find that the rest of the league has had time to catch up to what Doug Peterson likes to do and is going to slow down the Eagles in this coming season. Um. Oh, oh it's, yeah, it's Rashad's turn. Sorry. Uh, I got last part again. Love or hate that the rest of the league is going to catch up to the Eagles and stop their offense or uh, learn to stop their offense. Slow it down. Slow I, it I down. don't think it's one of those things where you're going to stop it, you know, but I think the NFL has proved that they have learned how to slow things down when you see something new. Um, Shoot, I, I love it. Um, I think this season um, the Eagles are going to, I'm not going to say come back down to earth because I think they're an incredibly talented roster, but uh, we talk about it all the time, and one of the things that, kind of helps a bad team, uh, especially a bad team that goes all the way, is the fact that you didn't have the toughest schedule in the first place. Uh, The NFC East has been an up-and-down division in itself. There are certain years to where you have a couple teams that are great, other years where you have three teams that are great, and then other years where everybody in the division sucks. Last year was one of those years years that uh, really Philadelphia was great, but the Giants struggled. Um, uh, I I think the, the, the... Washington had some issues, although they did have Kirk Cousins. Um, so the, the Cowboys obviously had issues last year. So the Eagles just happened to be the team to kind of rise to the top. Um, I think they're, the rest of the NFC has gotten better. Uh, you mentioned the Saints look like a world beater with that defense and Drew Brees still slinging the ball all over the place. Uh, you can't forget what the Packers are going to do. They still have Hail Mary God, Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be a problem for whomever wants to play them. Uh, you look at the rest of the NFC with with what the Rams have done and also what the 49ers have done. Every team looked like they got better. The, the Cardinals got better. The Seahawks are the one team that looked like they might be struggling and you never know what you're going to get from Russell Wilson and company. So I think that they're going to be slowed down this year, but most of which is going to be because they're going to play a much better schedule they did last year. Uh, I'm going to say hate because I think Doug Peterson is an elite coach in the NFL. He proved that last year. And just because the league is going to catch up to what they did last year doesn't mean that they're going to do exactly what they did last year, this year. Uh, They have, honestly, their team is elite top to bottom. They don't have a weakness. And they have put a lot of money into a lot of positions. And every single one of their positions, I'm just looking down their current depth chart, is a strength. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to come back from an injury. They're saying he is... He is on track to come back on time for training camp or at least the beginning of preseason. Um, You've got good running backs. You've got really good wide receivers. They brought in Mike Wallace this year as as another target. It's a deep threat. You've got one of the best tight ends in the game, Zach Ertz. You've got a solid offensive line. Your defense is loaded. You got Michael Bennett in a trade this year from the Seahawks on the defensive side. To me, 
The Eagles are set to be a power for at least the next couple of years. We know in the NFL, dynasties don't last very long unless you're like the Patriots. But because the NFC East sucks, and it does suck, Giants are not great, Cowboys are bad, Redskins are bad. The Eagles should be good for many years, and I'm going to say hate that I think the the teams are going to catch up to them. Doug Peterson's an elite coach. Love it. Moving on, we're going to move on to the NBA. Um, I think everybody's a little bit surprised, not just that Paul George re-signed with OKC. I I thought that was something that could happen. You get a year to kind of say, hey, 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 think about what we can do together. Um, that That is an advantage going to free agency. But what I thought was really weird is he never sat down with another team, um, just immediately signed with OKC. Uh, with that said, they don't really have much cap space to do anything else. They'd probably have to facilitate a trade to really make anything else happen in OKC. It's, it's kind of what it is. Um, and LA, the Lakers, really... Now their offseason, not looking too bright, looking like maybe them being a favorite to land LeBron by the third, uh, starting to dwindle. Love or hate, Houston should now be considered the favorite to land LeBron. Uh, hey, uh, Houston still has some salary cap issues, especially after they just gave Chris Paul $160 million for four years. Uh, the reason Chris Paul will take that from Houston, though, if we remember, Houston has no, or uh, Texas has no state tax, so he's going to get all $160 million of that. Uh, you already paid James Harden $200 million for however long. I think that was a couple of years ago. So you really have no opportunity to do stuff, even though you did just lose Trevor Ariza to the Phoenix Suns for, I think, $15 million for a year. Uh, I see LeBron be- hanging around in Cleveland. I think he knows what he wants to do, especially of all the chips, as, as all the chips have fallen as far as Paul George knowing where he is. I don't think the Lakers are going to make that trade with uh, San Antonio. San Antonio is not going to make that trade with the Lakers because I don't think they want to give, make the Lakers stronger and San Antonio weaker. I don't think they're going to want to do that. So I think Cleveland is still the landing spot LeBron's going to end up in. He's going to Philadelphia. His reps, excuse me, are going to Philadelphia to meet with them. The fact that he's not even giving giving them a face-to-face interview says a lot about what he thinks about Philadelphia and possibly playing there. So I think all signs point to him Going back to Cleveland, I think Cleveland is going to make a few moves to make sure they can keep LeBron and keep that team competitive. I hate it, and the one reason why is it's actually almost impossible for the Rockets to get LeBron now that he's an unrestricted free agent. The The key thing that happened was if he had opted into his deal with Cleveland, he could have done a sign-in trade with Houston because Houston needs to give money back to be able to afford LeBron. When he opted out and became an unrestricted free agent, that essentially ended all of the chances for Houston to do it unless they wanted to go really high into the luxury tax. And right after that happened, and when free agency started, they committed to re-signing Chris Paul. I think if they were going to get LeBron, Chris Paul might have had to have been a casualty, and we did see Paul tied with some other teams in the West as a potential target if he didn't re-sign with the Rockets. But once LeBron opted out, Houston had really, really little chance to do it. So I say hate for that reason alone. Um... I'm really intrigued what's going to happen with LeBron. The fact that the Lakers are now dwindling in in a chance is just shocking to me. After Magic Johnson said, if in two years we don't get any big free agents, I'll quit. And so far, the, the and again, nothing's official yet, but so far it looks like the Lakers are missing out on this year's free agents. Oh, boy. That's a big mess up if you're Magic Johnson. If no one goes to the Lakers this year when everyone said they wanted to go. So, uh, but yeah, I hate it for for the Rockets' sake. How do you miss guys that say they want to come to you? I know, right? Like, how does that work? 
they probably overvalue their young players too much. No, they overvalue themselves. They overvalue what they are as a – to Forbes, the Lakers are worth $3 billion or whatever it is. To young NBA players, they don't give a damn about Magic Johnson winning five championships there. Like, I mean, they weren't alive when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became the number one all-time leading scorer. They don't care nothing about that. Sell something other than L.A. They're all rich. They all get L.A. Yeah, we were talking about this before the show that – it, you you have to be able to offer them something more than L.A. at this point where, where players literally are sometimes taking uh, less money to go to play for a winner. Uh, a team like Houston can can say, hey, we're, we're that close. We took them to seven games. Now, granted, I, like you said, it's virtually impossible with the cap space, but other franchises have much better things to say than, hey, we're L.A. Uh, moving on. we You guys kind of touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Paul George uh, resigning, and that was kind of the idea that maybe this changes the mentality of trading for somebody who like a Kawhi Leonard who says, I only want to play in L.A. Uh, after Paul George resigns with OKC who is in the virtually the exact same situation. Love or hate, Paul George resigning with OKC will change the trade market for Kawhi Leonard. Um, love. Uh, he was really the first big piece to fall off the board. And he really changed everything that we thought LeBron was going to do, that we thought the Spurs might do. Uh, he was really the, and it really it didn't seem like, it seemed like Paul George was kind of an afterthought in this whole Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James thing. But being that he was the first one to decide he was signing, it kind of sent everything, it kind of messed up everything else for people. Because for a week ago, everybody was saying LeBron James was going to the Lakers. Now it's like, well, is he staying in Cleveland? Is he possibly going to Philadelphia? Now there's all it's nothing but speculation because Paul George was that first uh, the first ball to drop. And now, man, if you're the Spurs, again, there's no real pressure on you. You can trade Kawhi at any point. You just want to get some asset back because you don't want him to walk next year and get absolutely nothing for him. So he can still be traded. I think we're all assuming that they have to trade him to the Lakers, and they do not have to trade him to the Lakers. The Spurs can trade him wherever they damn well please and get re- and get something, something back for him. So, uh, yeah, I think Paul George being off the board kind of changes things for the rest of the NBA. Now, all of a sudden, we're hearing that Boogie Cousins is the number one target for the Lakers. Two weeks ago, we heard nothing about Boogie Cousins being the number one target of the Lakers. But because Paul George is gone, that's changed the way everybody is looking at free agency now, including where guys may want to go play basketball. I love it as well because teams now in that mid-market range have that that vibe of, well, maybe if he comes here and likes it enough and we win and we do well, maybe he'll want to stay. Um, Kawhi Leonard, for all the stuff that he's gotten this offseason, to me, always appeared to be a loyal guy who was down to, to be loyal to, to the team that he liked and the coaches that he liked. And I don't know if it's his uncle. I don't know because his uncle is his main advisor. Maybe it's him who's, who's putting thoughts in his mind about L.A. only, L.A. only. But he's always seemed like a guy who was loyal. So if you get Kawhi Leonard and you're a team that's decent and can make it to the playoffs, Paul George saying Oklahoma City gives you that hope that if we trade for him, maybe we can convince Kawhi to stay. And I think that's a that's a great thing for a lot of these franchises that are out there that are always a little bit scared to give up all these valuable pieces just for a guy who's going to leave in one year. But sometimes it's worth the risk. Sometimes that is worth the risk to, to get that chance to be better. Sometimes side chick becomes wifey, man. And I think when you see so many of these these teams just fail to make that commitment, you have to take that risk to get the reward of getting further in the Western Conference playoffs. And I think Paul George saying in OKC prove that risk is worth it in some senses, and that will increase the trade partners for the Spurs. All right, our winner today, Rashad Taylor. 
I felt like I was Woo. slaughtering the first question too. Yeah, the first question he, I, I honestly I couldn't think of who was on the roster. I had to look up the roster. My computer's going kind of slow. I looked up the right roster. now. It, mine's was mine's is still loading, so <laughs> I just made it up. It was closer than you thought. Was uh, it? He he did win the round, but um, you know you turn it around there in the second, tied it up, and then it, it just came down to. Uh, who got more points in the third? There we go. All right. Well, Rashad gets to host the last segment, but maybe we'll still talk, talk about the Shanghai Tunnels. I don't know. He gets to choose. Next on The Fan. Glorious. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.49. Ten eighty, the fan. Uh, I Terrible. won. However, however, I don't really. You know, the thing I want to talk about. That's not really what I want to close the show with today. I feel like that's a. You know, you know, it, it wasn't the, the the most upbeat note to close the close the show on. However, okay. Lynch said something as we were uh, talking today before the show started about his visit to the Shanghai Tunnels. Yeah. So. Uh- my wife's birthday gift to me was a trip down to the Shanghai Tunnels where we did a little ghost tour yesterday. And um, I, I'm a, a, many of you probably already know from listening to the fan, but I am, I'm ghost guy, right? Like I believe in ghosts and my family has a ton of ghost stories and all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty cool to go down there. It was pretty creepy. And the creepiest part was that in some pictures, there's like mist, white mist or like little orbs that weren't in the picture when you started taking it. Uh, my wife has a couple that were like the whole picture was blurry except for like one or two little orbs that were on the screen. And I got one where I just took a picture down a hallway and there's just literally like this white, nothing better to call it than a mist or like a fog that definitely was not there. It was just a dirt ground that got captured in the picture. I mean, it could just be a coincidence, could just be a smudge or it could just be like the light was weird and whatever. Or it could be something. I have no idea. I think something from the other side is trying to talk to you. It was really, really cool and really creepy at the same time. And, um, yeah. And I got a cold spot on my arm when I was down there, which could mean something. So, pretty cool. No, the Shanghai Tunnels are they're cool. Creepy. They're you know, creepy. Super creepy. But, I mean, it's a, it's a cool little spot to go. You know, Portland will make anything uh, serve beer and burgers out of anything, though. You know, so... Uh, it's crazy that there's just the restaurant that's right there as well. And go in there and right get some beers. It. Yeah, go get some beers and, and everything. I just I didn't realize that the history of Portland is such a sordid past. Like the yeah, whole, there's a really like, checkered past of Let's of kidnap Portland. all these people to sell to boats. Yeah. And there was like there was like prostituting prostitution that went on down there. So Yeah, it's a it's a you know, but but now they serve beer there. You know, so it's Not just kind tunnels, of one of those but. things. But I mean it's something like that. Not in the tunnels, but it's there, you know. We go when you say Let's, we're going to Shanghai Tunnels to have some beer. I know exactly where we're going, you know. When when you say that to me, yeah. So it's so I'm you and you believe in ghosts, Jesse? Are you a, a ghost guy? I've lived in a, a haunted place before. Yeah, I, be, I you believe. strike me as someone that's lived in a haunted place before and just didn't leave. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I I stayed until the landlord kicked me out. All right, there you <laughs> okay. go. Well, that's a it's a good reason to go. And know? look, here here's the thing, right? And the weird thing about ghosts is that nobody's in the middle. You either believe or you think people who believe are gigantic morons. There's really no middle ground. The amount of people who, when I bring this up on like primetime, Suk is one of them, just ripped me to shreds for it. And it's like, well, 
look, maybe there isn't a, 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 a real explanation for some of the stuff that you've experienced mm -hmm. or that these people who have stories have experienced. Maybe there is. Or, you know, maybe there's not. No, maybe maybe there's not. You know, I uh, I stayed in a hotel called the Thistle Hotel when I was in London, and um, everyone was so convinced that the hotel was haunted. And uh, one day I just kept hearing this weird kind of, you know, scraping at my, um, like my air conditioner in the room. And then it just got louder and creepier sounding. And then everyone just kept telling me about these little weird things that were happening at the hotel. Um, there's one night I'm coming back from the pool and I swear someone was behind me walking. You know how you can feel or hear someone behind you in the hallway and look back and there's no one there. And that, that happened a couple, a couple times. And then lightning struck our hotel. Mm. Um, the night before we were about to leave, uh, we're coming back from dinner as a big group and we see the smoke just billowing from the sky. And as we got closer, it's like, man, this is our hotel. And looking, yeah, uh, two bolts of lightning hit our hotel, which is, I mean, that whole lightning not striking in the same spot. Like, I don't know, super creepy. So, and then I came home, this was back in 2001 and I, uh, come home and I'm watching travel channel and there's a show like, uh, Top 10 Most Haunted Places. I love Travel Channel, by the way. And Oh, Travel Channel is awesome. Great. Uh, and our hotel was like number seven or eight oh. or something like that. There you go. So not knowing anything about it. So, yeah, it, it was. I definitely believe in ghosts. I think there's, you know, spirits that are out there and that are lingering, some of which are nice spirits or good spirits like we talked about, but some of which are... Uh, not great. Yeah, I don't think so. If there's one thing that'll get Marie to roll her eyes... It's the story of the Horsehead Rock, which um, that it's one of the most infamous stories in my group of friends. Mm. Um, and, and basically, when I lived in Eugene, uh, there was this area up. It's called Trailside Loop. I lived in this. It was South Eugene. There was a trail up in the hills that I lived right by. And I was walking up to it one day and I saw this area that looked really flat and kind of like a real ritualistic type area. I went up to it and sure enough, there was this weird flat stone there. There were these trees that were lined all around it, but not in the center. And there was a horse head rock that had the face of a horse etched into this rock. Um, a friend brought it into my house. After that, I... Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah, it, I, I, to this day, um, give him crap for it. But it, after that, I had doors opening that were locked uh, while I was gone. I had, I mean, multiple different types of doors. It got to the point where I was, like, making sure I was doing the the tug and everything everything was locked because I was so paranoid about it and come back from the store 30 minutes later and sure enough my door's wide open footsteps changing of temperature it was really weird i i lived there there wasn't a evil ghost it didn't try doing anything but it it poltergeisted the crap out of me yeah man poltergeist is a creepy movie you've seen it yeah oh. the that made me hate static on TV, the little black and white static forever. Turn, turn the TV off. I can't do yeah, it. No, we're good. No when, black and when white static. When the end of the, the show, it's like the American flag, and then it goes right to the static when they're sleeping, I'm like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, Turn nope, this TV nope, off, fam. Nope. Turn the channel. Find something on. Did you, Jesse, remove the rock from your house, and then did it stop afterwards? So I've heard that stops it. Um, so this it's is attached like an object. Uh, it, well, I made my friend. I didn't want to touch the dang thing, so I made my friend's take it back but what they did is they just took it and they threw it into the woods they didn't actually take it back to where it was supposed to be 
And what they did when I moved was they thought it would be a really fun idea to go out, find this rock, hide it in my truck when I moved back to Portland. And I moved back to Portland, and sure enough, there it is. And this is where I did the stupid. You probably freaked out, right? I freaked out. I was so upset. Um, I threw it into a blank lot that was on my street that had a house burned down on it. Um, And... It was like a curse. I, I had bad luck after that. Really, really, really bad luck. And so one day, my friend and I went back to find it. A couple swords in hands because there was a bunch of uh, blackberry bushes there. So we're just hacking at these blackberry bushes. <laughs> and a cop rolls up. And we tell him the story. And he's like, as much as I uh, appreciate what you're trying to do, it you can't do this. So the, the horse head rock is forever lost to time. Wow. Yeah. Cool story. Even Again, even if ghosts aren't real, ghost stories are really cool, right? That's going to do it for us today. We will be back next week. Maybe the Blazers will have done something. Probably not, though, because, well, you know, it's the Blazers. So uh, hopefully uh, things go well. Enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy everything the rest of the week, guys, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.